0: Welcome to the Taking the Lead podcast, where we empower people to be unstoppable. I'm Christina Hepner with my co-hosts, Leslie Hoskins and Timothy
1: Cunio. How are you guys today? Good, good. I All can't right. believe that it's spring, the weather's getting warmer. Oh, just looking forward to, to summer. What have you been up to, Timothy?
2: supposed to be 80 here today, so yeah.
1: Okay, bye.
2: <laughs> doing Glacier, we've been going to the mall. We're supposed to be flying out four times this year, so what I'm trying to do is get her acclimated back into a lot of crowds again, so I think the mall's the best place to kind of simulate what it's going to be like at the airport, so that's what we've been doing lately, so.
1: That is such a good idea.
2: Getting Getting her ready for big travel this week. Yep. Oh, yep. That's getting so her ready. Cool. Yeah, yep. and I get to shop too.
0: Never thought that that would be like a good way to get her ready to go to the airport. They're kind of similar, I guess. Yeah.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of people around, hustle and bustle, a lot of noise. And uh, while I'm there, I get a pretzel. So that's, you know, it's a win win. Oh, that those
1: does sound like
2: a mall pretzels are great. Mall pretzels are really good. So
1: you're getting ready. You're traveling four times this year. So. How early before your flight, or like how many days a week before, do you go to the mall? And then, like, what are some of the main skills that you work on while you're there?
2: Well, working around traffic, around people, and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I'll start getting really heavy like a week or two before. We're going to go like two or three weekends in a row. With the COVID and everything, she hasn't been really out in mm-hmm. the big crowds. So, just trying to get the dog acclimated back to it. And about as close as you're going to get is the mall. So, that's what we're doing. And training, making her listen to me a little bit more with all the noise, make sure she's hearing me correctly and that she's following my commands.
1: I love that. I had really never thought about that, but I think that is such a great idea to get your dog ready and kind of in that mindset again for that environment. Because it is really a unique environment. Airports are sometimes one of the hardest places to travel. Because they're all different. You can't go to just one airport, learn how it works, and then be able to go to every airport and know where you're going. Yeah. Each one has different areas for, you know, baggage and check-in and bathrooms. Oh, my goodness. So a mall is a great idea. Just like chaos, right? Nothing actually makes sense of where anything is. So I love that. Yeah. Oh,
2: and you're lucky if it's got a Starbucks. So oh. I'll get you. for the dog. Right.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm not going Pup if it doesn't cup. have a Starbucks, for sure. Right. <laughs> well, I think that's awesome, Timothy, and I'm jealous you're traveling so many times this year and off and doing all the great things, so very, very cool. Today on our episode, we have a wonderful guest that we're so excited to be here today and talk a little bit about our philanthropy department and the Lions Club, so we're excited.
0: Yes, and Beth Slade is our guest. She is the director of Lions Engagement. She stewards Lions Clubs across the United States, Canada, Spain, and Mexico, And she is also a member of the Lake
3: Orion Lions Club herself.
2: Beth, welcome to the podcast. And can you tell everybody what Lions Club do?
3: What Lions Club do? Actually, real quick, I think I'm going to have to go to the mall. I'm going to start traveling soon for Lions (laughs) Club conventions. And uh, I'm going to need to get back around people too. So I'll see you down at the mall. (laughs) So what do Lions Clubs do? Um, It's one of the best kept secrets in so many communities. Lions Club International is probably one of the largest volunteer organizations worldwide, and you probably don't even realize that you have one in your own town or community. So Lions themselves, their mission is We Serve. Specifically, they look out for different lines of service in not not just vision and blindness, but they have also expanded to cover things like diabetes, pediatric cancer, uh, the environment and hunger. So this is a group of volunteers who get together. And they act locally and globally.
1: I think that's amazing. And that's so true. Almost every small town or area has a Lions Club and they're always working to help others. I just think it's an amazing group. So how did you get involved in the Lions Club and or even at Leader Dog? It was
3: actually all about the same time. I was looking to to start at Leader Dog. At this, they were doing a capital campaign we, when we were renovating our canine development center. And at the exact same time, a friend of mine who was a Lake Orion lion called me and he said, hey, listen, our club is looking at putting on this new event. Would you come over and help us kind of hash it out and, and see if this is really something that's a good idea? So actually, it all sort of happened <laughs> all at the same time, not connected at all. I ended up being hired at Leader Dog to work with the Lions Clubs. At the same time, I joined my local Lions Club, So it was fortuitous, I guess. It was uh, That's how I got involved with both Leader Dog and Lions at the exact same time.
1: Wow. So that's kind of a meant-to-be scenario, I yes. meant feel
3: like. Yes.
0: Yes. And that was over eight years ago. Wow. So you really immersed yourself <laughs> into <laughs> all things Lions. And I mean, Lions Club, they're such a big part of LeaderDog, and you have a full team that supports you. Can you tell us a
3: little bit about your team and what you guys do? Sure. So there are three of us that are dedicated to stewarding Lions. So there's um, Kathleen, Mike, and myself. And Lions Clubs, they founded LeaderDog over 80 years ago, and so they are still such an integral partner with us. Not only do they fundraise, but they also get the word out in their communities that we do what we do and that it's available to people in their communities. So we help them do everything from organized fundraisers to getting brochures, pamphlets, talking points, going out into their community. We do everything that we can to support them promoting Leader Dog in their communities. So we have phone calls all day long. I'm going to visit this club. I'm going to be going to this farmer's market. Do you have brochures? Do you have how many people have been served? So we steward probably about 4,300 clubs so it's
1: a lot. We have a lot going on. That is a lot. And you guys travel a lot, too. Your team is constantly yeah. going to different places and putting on presentations and educating others. And the Lions Club is really like the boots on the street, yes. right? Yes. They're the ones standing on the corners with the donations for Leader Dog or whatever. Or their, um, their fundraising is for, I yes. guess. Oh, my right. goodness. I can't think. So they're really out there in all the conditions, in all the places, doing the things on the streets. So we're so thankful for the Lions Club.
3: Lions are the ones who came up with the international symbol of the white cane, the white cane with the red tip. So you'll see them out doing white cane fundraising. And I can tell you from my experience, it is always raining sideways with a little (laughs) bit of sleep when you're standing out in the middle of the street for that. So uh, they are really dedicated. We started off as a very grassroots organization. And the whole reason that we have been able to spread as far and wide as we have is because of that grassroots Lions communication and that, that connection that has been able to push us all across all 50 States and across Canada and other countries. It's because of that lion's connection. So they're really a a savvy group of folk.
2: So the history of the lions club, who do you serve?
3: Oh, that's a good question. So we serve, uh, what do we have in the United States over 1.3 million people who are legally blind or visually impaired, Canada, 75,000. So, uh, we have a lot of people to serve just with vision impairment. Um, And I talked about the other lines of service that they provide. So uh, Leader Dog and Lions serve serve the same people, right? People who are uh, low vision, uh, blind, deaf blind. So we have a lot of work to do.
0: I mean, Beth, you mentioned how many Lions Clubs you work with. I mean, what is that financial impact to Leader Dog? they're out doing these fundraisers for us. I mean, we're so thankful to have them as not only as donors, but ambassadors as well. I mean, where do you see that financial impact that helps us serve
3: our clients and give our clients everything they need? Sure. Well, you know, it, it takes everybody to make this happen. Since we don't charge our clients and we're 100% philanthropically funded, that means we have to fundraise everything every year. So every little bit that the that clients. If a club donates $5, if they donate $5,000, all of that gets to to help serve people in their community. We can't send a bill to Kentucky for $2 million worth of services every year. So, uh, you know, we put that all together. The Lions Clubs are so great at fundraising, but like you said, they're so great at getting the word out in their community. So they're, just like you said, there are boots on the ground. Um, their financial support. It used to be the only line of revenue that we had, and, and we're much more diverse now, thank goodness, uh, for everybody, um, because the Lions took a really big hit this past two years. Uh, a lot of their fundraising is event-based. They haven't been able to hold their events yeah. just like us. Um, so things are starting to open back up. Um, people are going out. They want to go to some of those Lions events, and um, the Lions, everything they fundraise, they, they donate out to their projects. So it's a pretty cool process.
0: Yes. And when I started at Leader Dog, I knew what a Lions Club was, but I really didn't know what a Lions Club was (laughs) until (laughs) I remember my first day. I sat in Beth's office and got the Lions 101. And then I was like, wow, that they are amazing. And I didn't know. And I want you to share this with everybody else. Who can be a Lion? Because some people think maybe you have to be retired or, you know, not be working or... It's kind of a thing you do when you're older.
3: Right. That's a really (laughs) good point. So Lions Clubs have changed so much, right? Um, It used to be, uh, it was founded by a gentleman named Melvin Jones, uh, who was a businessman. And he was in an organization that was strictly business, um, you know, connectivity. And he is the one who said, hey, we need to do more in our communities. And that's where he started Lions. So over the years, it's gone from really male business spoke to everybody we have clubs that are specialty clubs there's some that are virtual clubs so they don't actually meet in person we have clubs uh, I think there's a club that is all based around snowmobiling they like to snowmobile we have clubs <laughs> that, I think there's <laughs> one that is focused around I think it's in Hawaii around square dancing I might have that one wrong um, but yeah so so every one of them has a different feel to them it's all about the people who are in it it's not religiously based it's not your income it is not really you just have to look them up and ask. Some people have said, you know, why I never became a Lion is because no one asked me. Well, you can actually reach out and ask them as well. So it's open to anybody. It doesn't matter your age. As long as you're willing to participate, you're willing to give of your
1: time and your passion is the perfect opportunity. And they even have like younger groups, right? Like the youth groups are even getting involved, which I think is wonderful to teach our youth about giving back and supporting the community and helping others. I just think that's awesome. Yeah, they have the
3: Leo's clubs, So those are the younger ones. And and we've had some amazing Leo Clubs. There's one in Western Maryland in particular that um, actually wanted to do a fundraiser, one of their one of their members, their parents surprised them with a puppy to puppy raise for us. So it got all the kids really excited. They said, we want to raise some money for Leader Dog. And they said, we want to do a dinner in the dark. So their goal was to raise, I think, one or $2,000. They were so amazing. They raised $12,000 in one evening with one event. And I have to tell you, they went out, they They borrowed the cumberbuns and the bow ties from their marching band, and they were all dressed up, and and they had a silent auction, and instead of just having the clipboards out at the silent auction, they're standing behind them, and they're like, oh, this is the best pizza in the whole town. And I was like, I don't even live here, but, I mean, I want to sign up for it. So uh, they were just so great. So many smiles that night. I said it should have been an orthodontist dream to see these kids. I mean, you just wanted to get so involved, and they were so passionate. Um, and, And they did an amazing job. It was our first top dog leo's club that's any club that donates over five thousand dollars a year um to our annual fund and they're only like 45 across the country oh my gosh well across all of our constituents so that's a pretty big deal right so yeah the leos are they're they're really enthusiastic I great group of kids
1: that. yeah I
2: absolutely love that. so what are some of the most fun events you've ever had or have ever attended
3: <laughs> um, we've had some pretty unique ones. I'm going to be heading down to Kentucky to help out. Uh, there's one club that does the parking for a large fair down there. Not as glamorous, but we have done one even with my club. We've done outhouse races. Leslie Leslie reminded me of this one because she thought this one was kind of fun. Uh, so it's during a winter fest, and we actually had outhouses that were uh, – clean uh, <laughs> that were on casters and we had teams you had someone in the outhouse and the team had to pull it down the street um you had a somebody who's inside had a plunger <laughs> with a basketball on top and they had to jump out and run around it, it was a little chaotic and then the, oh and God. then the awards were um were toilet seats that were you know That's there was right. a gold and the bronze you know this is all very appropriate for an olympic year <laughs> <laughs> um, so they're not all to that degree, but you know what? They like to have fun because yeah. what's the point if you're not going to have fun? Um, but why well, it's, they always come up with something really creative. They have a lot of pancake breakfast. The, uh, the Lubbock club in, in Texas is in the, um, Guinness book of world records for the largest pancake
1: breakfast. Oh my gosh.
3: So, um, that's a huge fundraiser. So they're, they're always coming up with something new and creative.
1: Yes. And besides their fundraising events too, they actually just help clients. So all the time, you know, when I'm talking to clients who are thinking about applying and kind of going through and they're like, I don't have somebody to help me with my video, or I don't know how to get to the airport, you know, because our clients have so many different challenges that we're lucky that we don't think about a lot of the time. So we're always saying, you know what, reach out to your local Lions department. They can help with your video, or they might be able to help get you a ride to the airport. Or, you know, if you're having difficult um, supplying the food, sometimes they'll assist with those types of things or medical bills. So not only are they out there just kind of like raising money and sending in those checks to help us provide these free services, but they're actually out there doing things for our clients. And another interesting fact about being lions is that many of our clients are actually lions. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? That is true. So we've
3: had uh, it goes both ways. We have a lot of clients that are lions and a lot of lions that are clients. Um, it's sort of like the chicken and the egg. You're not sure which came first. Yeah. Um, but we've had a lot of clients who've come to campus who knew nothing about lions and they're like, oh, hold it. This whole thing is because of the lions. And you're like, yeah. And they, and they get really excited. They want to go home and, and get because, you know, now they have that independence to get out and do things. So they're like, hey, this is a great thing for me to get out and do. Um So it's it's a win win all the way around. Um You don't have to be a lion to be a client. And we don't expect that you're going to go back and become one. But I mean, it's OK if you do. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's awesome because there's probably
0: a Lions Club in almost every one of our clients' communities. So if they need something, there's probably a Lions Club they can reach out to and get help from or somebody that is willing to help them. A starting point, yeah. right?
1: Like a connection to you know, call Leader Dog for a resource, and or um, you know, let me get in touch or join Alliance Club and share your story. I know our Lions Clubs absolutely love when clients come and share their experience with Leader Dog because it's such a unique experience. And again, unless you're in the blindness and low vision field or you know somebody who's going through blindness and low vision. There are so many myths, which we have talked about a little bit on the show, but it's so wonderful for our clients to go to these Lions Clubs who are huge supporters to us and really share the positive experience and how life-changing it is. Um, It's just a a win-win, like you said, for everybody. It is, especially, um, you know, when the
3: Lions get so involved and they're raising all this money for the different projects that they support, they don't always get to see the person or the people that are going to be affected by their work. And so you know they do this without getting thanks, and so when they get to see someone who has benefited, um, that that's a real boost. And and we always say people don't get involved in Lions or any other type of service organization because they want to go to a meeting. Uh, nobody wants to go to a meeting, but they do want to do something exciting. And when you see the impact of your work, um, that's very gratifying. It gives you. I mean, it does. It does for us here at, right. at, on the staff, right? I mean, we get huge amounts of. of self-gratification just from seeing someone do something great. And um, so Lions love it when they get to share. When a puppy raiser comes to visit them or a client or a staff or, you know, any of the other volunteers, our leader dog chairs out there, they're just thrilled to see,
1: hey, this is what we're working for. Absolutely. And Timothy, have you ever gone and spoke to a Lions Club before? I know you've done a lot of, you're going to like the library and different things like that, but I know you're always willing to share your story as well, too.
2: Sometimes down here on, in, in the Atlanta area, I post some uh, leader dog stuff on their Facebook page. But have I talked to any? No. Am I willing to? Yes. I love uh, that. All they got to do is reach out and I'll gladly do it. Anywhere I will go.
1: I, and you know uh, what?
2: Timothy, Timothy. Oh, yeah. that's already got
0: <laughs> yeah, like a yeah. whole list of things no, for you. She's like, I have uh, five states
1: uh, that you're going to be traveling to. <laughs> uh,
2: and honestly. Send them to me. Send them to me.
1: Hey, he's the, practicing, you know. One of the nice things, if anything nice has come out of COVID, is that people are doing so many virtual meetings and presentations. And Timothy has joined me for a couple different presentations from all over the U.S. and kind of shared his story and his experience and from his home, just like he's doing this whole podcast right now from his home in Georgia. Um, So I think that is one benefit to continue sharing the word with Lions Clubs and other clubs of just like hey, we can all log on a quick Zoom meeting yes. um, and hear stories, like personal stories versus having our clients actually having to travel sometimes to those environments.
3: Absolutely. It has moved us ahead probably 20 years in the fact that it doesn't matter if it's a school, if it's a Lions Club. We've done virtual presentations in the smallest Lions Club um, in in at one place point, I was doing a presentation in Arizona and Pennsylvania at the exact same time <laughs> that I was sitting in Michigan. So I've now found out that wow. I can be in three places at the same time. <laughs> yeah. um, but we've been able to do presentations in Alaska and Hawaii, which yes, we have clients in both of those states. Um, and it it's really cool because... Uh, we can't get to Alaska and Hawaii all the time, but we can jump right in. I mean, I keep putting my hand up that I can go to Hawaii, but apparently. I will join you. Yeah. Yeah,
2: I want to volunteer for Hawaii. Yeah. You see, (laughs) everybody's
3: everybody's on board for uh, for Hawaii. Um, So anybody that wants to have a presentation, we can do that virtually. There's actually a spot on our website where you can request a speaker. Um, Sometimes we can get there in person or we can find, you know, a client like Timothy who's willing to travel. Um, But, honestly, just being able to jump on a Zoom call at 15 minutes, we can tell you all
1: sorts of great things. And it's so fun, too. So we've kind of created this client speakers group because we have so many amazing clients, as we've heard on the podcast who want to share their story and their successes and how, you know, LeaderDoc has impacted their life, but how they're out there doing it every day and traveling and getting around independently. And they're so inspiring, not just in their travel and their blindness, but just in their lives in general. Um, so being able to share that with the world is wonderful. And these clients, you know, are so such a great ambassador. So we kind of have these training sessions, and we've gone over all the Leader Dog programs. And I'm telling you, the pride that clients have in the organization and the mission is wonderful and nobody can tell the story of leader dog like a client can because they're living it and they've you know been to the campus or received the in-home training and I just think it's amazing. I'm all for virtual presentations. Of course, we love being in person, but if you do want to request a speaker for any sort of Lions group or speaking club, you can do that on our website at leaderdog.org under the resources tab. So do check that out. Yes, And I do have to add
0: in, I mean, if a Lions club wants one of these virtual speakers, I highly recommend it because I learned something new about LeaderDog every time I hear a client speak, something that I didn't even know myself that happens at Leader Dog. So it's cool because they are there on campus. They stay the night, you know, for one week or three weeks, whatever it may be. And um, it's such an amazing experience to hear client
3: stories. Every story is different. And And I thought when I started at Leader Dog, I would love it because I love dogs. But once you meet the people that are involved, It's over seventeen thousand different stories, and it's a different story. Timothy, if your family jumped on there, they would have a different story, even to add to your story. It's the ripple effect is is unbelievable, and our puppy raisers have completely different perspective of of what goes on. And so, it's always I'm just like you. I learn something new every day because we're always coming up with new things as well.
1: I, I agree. I am very proud to be a Leader Dog team member. We try to stay on the front end of things where are innovative, you know, we incorporate GPS technology and different things into trap, just things that other places aren't doing or that we were really kind of ahead of the game on. It's a really cool organization where we're always thinking about our clients first. Um, that's the number one priority. But I do think it's interesting too. I don't know if we've talked about this, but leader dog wouldn't be leader dog if it wasn't for the lions. Like we were. Solely created yes. from lions, is that right? Yes, yes.
3: So just over 80-some years ago, there was a local club here in Michigan, and they had another another club member, Dr. Glenn Wheeler, who was losing his vision, and he couldn't receive a guide dog from the only guide dog organization at the time. And so, you know, you get three lions in a room. <laughs> And, well that was what can happen. Yeah. You know, <laughs> see a need, fill a need. And so they went to a local breeder and said, Can you train dogs to do this kind of work, guide dog work? And then can you train the people to do it? And he said, Sure. So their first our first graduating class had, had four students in it. And they stayed in a hotel downtown Detroit that was owned by one of the lions, right because they just all chip in of what you never know what a lion does professionally, <laughs> yeah, um I, I mean I've been blown away i it doesn't matter so uh and after that, that's when they they decided, hey, we want to keep doing this and as as the saying goes, four hundred dollars and a hat full of ideas later, um yeah. eighty years, seventeen thousand plus people that we've served um, that's what is today leader dogs for the blind so.
0: Yes, it always. Every time I hear that story, it blows my mind. I'm like, how how does it happen? You know, especially that long ago, and we're actually on the camp original campus yep. as well, which is so cool to to hear the stories of how it is. Used to be just like a little farmhouse. It was so, a farm,
1: an apple orchard, right? Yeah.
3: Right. Yeah. So when we first moved uh, moved in there, it was a farmhouse where everybody lived. I mean, we would have clients staying at trainers' homes. Um, we don't do that anymore. <laughs> uh, we have a beautiful facility now, <laughs> at, <laughs> and uh, but we're in the same location. And here's one. I don't know if you do know this. So we were incorporated in 1939. What's our street address?
1: Oh 1039 oh in October wow, of, of
3: 1939. Cool. Look at that you, you, you can't see the expressions on their faces <laughs> but I've just blown my <laughs> mind of that. You are welcome. Right? You are welcome. <laughs> I'm mic, mic Drop. I'm I'm out. That's yes. yeah, 1030, oh my 1039, 1039 1039
1: 1039
3: is Rochester our street Road. address. 1039 oh South Rochester Road and that's, Yeah. Well, that's it. Yes. My mind's for the day. All the great <laughs> knowledge. Forget Timothy what great things the dogs can do and what people with a cane can do. This is this is it. That that's, was the high point. That is it. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, and it's interesting. So we are still on the same property. That apple orchard looks very different now. Yes. We have a beautiful campus and a canine development center. Um, but part of our the original farmhouse, right, is still part of our like admin building? No, it was. It was. I, I, think, it's not I think it anymore? was probably knocked
3: down probably in the 80s. Okay. Ish.
1: There'll be the, someone
3: listening who's going to tell me exactly what day what it day. was. Yeah. Yeah. It was pre us.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. But not
3: pre some people on the campus because <laughs> we have some staff who've been there 40 years.
1: Which is a whole nother topic wow. that I would love to yeah. dive into yes. another day to celebrate those individuals because they really do make leader dog. But yeah, so there's a picture on campus and the residence of like the old farmhouse and stuff. And it's so interesting to see that and then kind of get an idea of how big and grandiose everything is now. But also, just as an FYI, so we have our main campus in Rochester Hills that's is it 14 acres? Yes. Okay, 14 acres on 1039 South Rochester Road, which again, blows my mind there. <laughs> um, but we also have a downtown training campus, so or building, if you will. So in Rochester, downtown Rochester, we actually have um, a small building there that we use. And we're so lucky to have this because Rochester really provides the environments to travel in um, residential, semi-business, and business, which is perfect for our clients to kind of experience a little bit of everything. So that building is just kind of where we can park trucks and people can come in and sit and get water and take bathroom breaks and coffee and all that. But outside of that building, there is a giant gold lion statue. Yes. And I don't know how many times I've heard people walk by and be like, okay, but the building says leader dogs for the blind, and there's a giant lion out front. I'm so confused. <laughs> there's a whole history behind that lion
3: and its twin lion that I, I don't want to start any kind of wars uh, on the <laughs> podcast, uh, but there's a whole history. I don't. I, we won't even go down, but there isn't actually a matching lion to that one. It was donated. It has a whole story behind it, but there is a giant lion statue in front of our Downtown day use facility, and um, little kids like to climb all over it. Lions, when they come into town, want a picture by the lion, uh, so we're very proud of that. But yeah, we have we have lion symbols everywhere on our vehicles, yep. on the building. Lions have um, sponsored renovations in the Canine Center. There's names in front of all of the the rooms in the in the. Uh, residence hall. So lions are all over our campus, literally and figuratively <laughs> Yes, all over our campus. So very integral. If you're a lion that is listening, we thank you. Yes, Absolutely. very, very much. Every yes, day. Yes, we do. All day long because we do what we do. So their motto is we serve. And I always say one day just I was signing a letter and I said, it's really sort of together we serve, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So that's how I always sign off on On everything that we do, that together we serve.
1: I love that. So what if somebody is listening right now and they're like, this sounds amazing. I want to be a lion. What do they need to do? Of course.
3: I would say first, go online and Google Find a Lions Club. It'll take you to the Lions Club International uh, website which in itself is amazing. They have great videos on there, and you can really get an idea of everything that Lions do um, in every little town. They've come up with some amazing programs Lions have. So go on. You can actually just type in your town. It'll list all of the clubs, Leo clubs and Lions clubs that are nearby. You can click on that, find their contact information, and reach out to them. Go to a meeting, uh, Call them up and say, hey, I bet you're looking for someone who'd like to help out. You don't have to jump in and sign up the first day. You can sign up the second day. Um, (laughs) But, uh, you know, check them out. Every Every club is unique, right, just like every group of people that come together. So test drive a couple of them and see which one is a good fit. And if you can't find one, give us a holler at Dog." Ask for the Lions Department. You'll come to either myself, to Mike, Lion Mike, Lion Kathleen, and and we can certainly look up a club for you. We would love for for more people to get involved. It's a great untapped, unhid, hidden resource that's out there, and and uh, we want people to know about Lions and Leader Dog.
0: Yes, and I know we could probably talk about Lions Clubs for days, but if there is a Lion out there listening who doesn't know if their club is connected to Leaderdog how can they connect to Leaderdog
3: that's an excellent question and we hope that they are cuz we want lions to know this is their legacy they built us right we want them to know about their great work uh, also on our website uh, there are there's a tab just for lions if you drop down on that there's several buttons on there where you can either update your club's information please do or you can add your information and so you'll get emails from us we will not overwhelm you with information, uh, <laughs> but just stuff to share with your club, share with your district. Um, there's a whole Lions lingo, so I can talk about multiple districts and districts, and but I won't. <laughs> so if you connect with us, we can connect with you so that all of your Lions know, hey, this is what we're working for. This is what we do. So yeah, or again, give us a call at LeaderDog, ask for the Lions department, and we will get all sorts of information out to you.
1: I love that. Well, thank you so much, Beth, for being here today. And thank you for listening to the Taking the Lead podcast. I'm Leslie Hoskins with hosts Timothy Cunio and Christina Hepner. We hope you enjoyed learning about the Lions Club with Beth Slade. Please join us next week as we continue to dive into the world of blindness. And if you like today's podcast, make sure to hit
0: subscribe and check us out wherever podcast stream. And we have an email address. So if you have any questions or ideas, you can send them to leaderdog.org.